welcome to Being Community Radio. We have an exciting evening ahead of us. We got Edmund laughing over here. <laughs> and we have our new producer, Nicole. Hello. Hello. She was the on only woman here. The only woman here. <laughs> Need a little estrogen. Thank God. <laughs> Especially God tonight. <laughs> Especially tonight. Yeah, so Nicole came on the show last week. She said she was going to come on as audience only. All right? She said she doesn't want to speak. <laughs> she doesn't want to share. She just sat there quietly on the c- in the corner. And then during our, f- you know, after the first segment, after the first 15 minutes, the first thing Nicole t- tells me is, what was that? I said, what was what? She said, that, that's not you. You I didn't say it like you, that with that's such what disdain. It's, that's what it felt like, no. okay? You were disapproving of my... <laughs> <laughs> of my uh, I, a- I simply asked you. She just got in question. line. Yeah, hold on, one second, <laughs> one second. Uh, yeah, it was she, softer. My approach was much softer you, than that. You just said to me, that doesn't sound like you. You sound a lot more alive and a lot more punchy as I know you. And I said, okay, so why don't you come on the show help a brother out <laughs> okay that's what we got to do around here this is being community radio after all so she came on the show which was fun and lovely and this is a vision coming true because being community radio is really not a show that is focused on just one person it's a co-creative effort community is a co-creative effort and anytime anyone is launching anything new when you're feeling stuck, maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe you're feeling stuck because you're trying to do it all yourself. And Philippe, who is also here on the show, has been telling me from the beginning, you need somebody else on the show. The best shows have someone else. They have, they have someone to Now we can't get anybody else in the room. There's some of the people here. It's <laughs> well, that's true. And, and there, there have Took been it too far. <laughs> there, there have been some candidates, you know, on and off the show. But it, it's, it's been an interesting dance of the right flow, the right rhythm. And I'm really, really, truly excited, Nicole, that you're here. And I know it's going to take you. you some time to maybe feel more comfortable or whatever process you may be going through. But thank God I don't have to be the only one feeling this way. Good. Because would you believe it that still before coming on the show, every time, most of the time, I feel nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I just do. And I think it's important for people to be able to track this process as the show gets bigger and better and funnier, hopefully. <laughs> for people, <laughs> for pe- are you looking at me? Yeah, I'm, I'm just, my eyes are just Why aren't there. you looking at me? You're funny too, I want people to be able to track the awkward stage because <laughs> this is perfect. This is perfect. Let me get my app out. <laughs> I'm gonna track this. Because she I, sucked. I got acne. She sucked. <laughs> I feel very awkward. What the so hell is she talking? you look awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so many people, uh, you know, everybody has a smartphone. Everybody's on the internet, and everybody's got something to say and something to share, and yet. We still, ha- so many of us have this idealized version of what success is, and we're waiting to be discovered, and we're waiting for the perfect message. And v- very few of us are willing to do the work, which is to show up consistently and see what unfolds from there. And this show has been a really proven 
uh, process of just showing up. I've been doing this now for about probably eight months, ten months. Now, I've also never, never is, is a strong word. I haven't told people about it. I don't go on my Facebook. I don't let people know about the show. And Sam, who's the producer of the radio station or the owner, the founder, the visionary, it's an amazing place, talkalternative.com. Uh, <laughs> really, thank you for this platform. He's been telling me forever, why don't you let people know more? Why don't you invite more guests? Why don't you make more effort? The truth is, I really have been waiting for the right time and I've been waiting for the right partners i've been waiting for the right team i have i really 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 have this with you here nicole as the official producer of the show uh, yes you can cringe but i know that this is <laughs> but i know the pressure i know the pressure kidding, is to I'm just what, how much are you making by the way because i want to make sure that you're not Lots. making more than we are you came in late on this <laughs> we'll discuss. you can discuss during the break <laughs> i'll take a crystal <laughs> oh, we know uh so <laughs> And the truth is, me being here with you right now, and even when you said to me, I said, hey, you need a woman on the show. You know, that's what you said to me kind of jokingly. I did kind of say that jokingly. Yeah. But it's true. You need a balance, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is more of the vision I, I thought had. That, I, I, thought that's what, uh, I thought that's what he was here for. That's <laughs> what were you pointing at? <laughs> I, I don't think you're pointing at you're, oh, Okay, I'm sorry. It was a cheap shot. First I, of all, I didn't have I to show you say. his car, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about his car? Because when we were walking over here, it, stuck, it stood out. We're on 72nd Street between Broadway and Amsterdam. Now, this is a solemn, somber street. Uh, there are dark UPS trucks. Um, jalopies, uh, Even limo, the limo, black closed. limos, and then all of a sudden there was this extremely gay, and I mean that <laughs> not in the LGBT V way, but I mean that in the Wholesome. in the in the in the happy sense. It's happy, white, Exuberant. gay, um, large, uh, small, large like a large. It's a large small car, if you know what I mean. But it's large in the personality, and well, it stood. It stood right out, and it had. It was almost parked at an angle, like something you'd see. You know, like Alec Baldwin just pulled in or something. <laughs> it was pulled like on an angle, and the, there were lights flashing. Beautiful. What you didn't know about Edmund <coughs> that he's a race car driver. Oh. Oh. Interesting. I feel like I'm supposed to say something or make it <laughs> or make a sound. Wait. <laughs> Like that, yes. That was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Was I was, good. yeah. I was sad to have missed the the, the televised uh, twenty four hours of Le Mans over the weekend. I just, you know, I was actually at uh, I was at the I was at the Unifier Hippie Festival in Massachusetts and dancing for three days. So it was it was good. Oh, and and by the way, the you know the lead in song is Nako Bear. I actually touched him uh, on Friday. Just want you to know that. <laughs> Were you in the car when this happened? Because <laughs> it would have been appropriate. <laughs> well he actually said he had, he had a lot of the same things to say about my car actually as I drove it toward the stage <laughs> so let me be clear the, the lead in song of this show right. the, the one that we hear every time mm-hmm. meditation talks body walks right something yeah 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 so you were there this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he nearly touched. So you nearly touched the guy that sang this, that sings the song that introduces the show. I did say, I did say, I did touch him, but I think you detected I was lying, and it is true. I was, I nearly touched him. I know. Well, I, I mean, it was obvious. Oh, all right. Wow. Just the way you chose, just the way you chose the word touch. 
<laughs> if you if you said felt, we would have up. Yeah, felt if you up. felt if you felt him, I felt him or felt him up. Uh, <laughs> then we would have. I did accidentally call. I did actually yell. Accidentally yell out to him the wrong name. I called him Nacho. <laughs> <laughs> Nacho. Yeah, but he did respond <laughs> by turning. Were you around hungry? And, Were you hungry when you were? Close? I don't did know. You, did you? I, you thought he was the waiter? I was kind of starstruck. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, okay. I was, I, I was like, I, I think it was man crush. <laughs> Clear man crush. We digress. Nine minutes, right? <laughs> we, I don't think we're the more the merrier. But wait, I don't think we're taking you off your agenda. No, not we? at all. Okay, good. good. <laughs> I think it's only been nine minutes. This is the funniest start for this podcast. We're ever already had. measuring. Now we can't even live up to the humor that we started at the beginning of the show. Anything else here is going to be going downhill. Well, you've already set us up for the for the rest of the show of of a lack of humor. Wait a minute. I hope we're talking about my car and not some other car. Because you actually accused me of driving another car that was white on the street. No, I showed really him. ratty. I oh, showed him. Okay, good. I yeah. was so embarrassed by the car, your actual car that I chose another car that you'd be more proud of. God. I'm only kidding. No. No, you have a beautiful car, actually. I think that's a Hyundai or something, right? Yeah, actually, I, I'm, I'm supposed to turn it in. Uh, I leased it. And I'm supposed to turn it in this week. And <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I'm so when you say leased it, did you mean steal, stole it? Well, and you're turning of. it in to it, the... It, well, it's kind of like that because, you know, like my, my marriage kind of broke up and I ended up with the car. Oh, okay. And so I kind of stole it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the things I made sure when, when we got the car is that it was stick shift and my wife could not drive stick shift. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, that and really I, nice. So I wonder why the relationship uh, faltered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well they, What happened? I can't figure that out. Well, it's just in one word, clutch. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't there in the clutch? Yeah, she didn't know how to clutch. <laughs> Oh. oh, I feel silly not understanding this. <laughs> <laughs> Race car driver talk. Now, you have you ever driven a car? Uh, oh, yeah, you drive a car every day. Yeah. With a clutch? No, you don't use clutch. I've, my first car was, uh, I was going to say automatic. What is it called? Standard? Yeah, standard. Automatic. Isn't it automatic? Yeah. yeah. Automatic is when you don't have to do anything. It's just right. you get it's in and you just take right. a nap and you're there. Is that, is that, that the one, oh, the one part near the chicken coop? That's right. That's yeah, right. with the with the with the mouse droppings right. in it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I know. You have <laughs> mouse droppings in the chicken coop. When I was driving it's that an 84 car, cord, right? there were there was lots of mouse droppings in the vents, <sighs> and I remember going out with my first girlfriend at the time. Minnie Mouse pick, picking <laughs> picking her up, <laughs> picking her up in the car. While it was really... <laughs> in the Did stage. you guys go out for a cheese dip? <laughs> oh, gosh. No? Oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. Terrible. See, I told Nicole she's going... I, I, what I told her is that this is the, her first day officially on the job. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> and I'm enjoying Welcome this. I like getting just paid. sitting back. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said to her, it's going to be easy for you and it's going to be hard for you. Let's he covered see. himself. Yeah, I did. I covered you myself. You did, you did. Because if it was easy, he would have said, see, I told you it was going to be easy. And if you had a really hard time, he said, look, I warned you it was going to be hard. Mm. Yes. No, it's great. Sitting back, listening. Yeah. you have anything to say? Not, not about a clutch? No, I don't. What Lots kind of, of car, car do you talk. drive? Lots yeah, of yeah. car talk. I don't. I live in the city now, so I don't have a car. Right. I don't want to pay $400 to have my car in a lot. Is it 400 I mean, how much does it cost? Well, if you add everything up, 400 is a, is a bargain. If you told me 400 I'd be very excited about it. <laughs> so in I fact, miss where having can you a car. Can you tell I miss me? having a car when I lived yeah. in L.A., but I don't have a car. 
I do miss that. In LA, you can't even get to your sidewalk without a car. <laughs> you can't. You have to get out. You have to get into. You got to get out of the door, and you got to get into your car what's, to get to the sidewalk. What's that movie? Is it LA Story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin, Steve Martin gets going to the party. They drive down the block. Okay. No, 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 no. He, no, he, he actually uses his leg to, to, to push on the street <laughs> to go to the house next door. God. That's my dream. <sighs> Is that how you race your cars? <laughs> like Fred Flintstone, with the foot. How much more time do we have? <laughs> Yeah. Don't you see Sam putting the number one one minute? Well, Sam is really saying, "You guys, you guys Shut are up. number one. This is the number <laughs> one show on my station." Uh, I can't wait for like the what? digital, yeah, things to just come down and on air, off air. You know, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm missing being serious. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Okay, all right. right. Buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down. Well, we're gonna come back in a couple of minutes, and we're gonna talk about. What it takes to see a vision come true. What it means to have help for one another. And Philippe's favorite topic, which is uh, spirituality without the religion. In the moon of the budding trees, I was gifted new eyes to see. All of the shift and shape and ways you can be. Wake the dreams into realities. Wake the dreams into realities. Teamwork. <laughs> Did I hear a iPhone? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, was, oh, I thought it was kind of. Like, I liked it. I liked it's like it. starting the fight, you know, the, I, the I, ring. And I the think ding that ding. ring probably got more attention from the listeners than anything else because when I walk into a room and I hear that. I immediately think it's my phone. I but go ahead. No, but I, I actually that that particular sound on Facebook. I actually like that sound a lot. Out of all the sounds that come through on the on on my smartphone, for some reason, I like that 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 sound the most. I don't know. That's your Facebook sound. Well, you know the messenger. Is that a messenger sound? No, that's like the. Oh yeah, it's like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The I, ding. I, you yeah, like the, the ding. ding. I like the ding. The yeah. ding is uh, like an iMessage sound. Well, I, you can program it any way you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. nobody ever is. Most people don't change. Oh, I guess the it's default setting. Yeah. Yeah. So the default oh, wow. setting for this show was what, like serious and... Yeah. It so was. We can do it. I can do it. I can do it. You want to see I, how I, I do it? I guess, but I guess my point is, why do I like Facebook Messenger more than I like texting or anything else? Why is that? Why? Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um... It's Fa- soft. I would call it soft communication. Yeah. I don't even it's just coming out of my out of my head. It just seems more playful, maybe, or less uh, less committed. You know, committed. T- text me- There are all these yeah. levels of, co- of yeah. communication now. Text messaging is the people you're closest to. It's private and private, and then well, email is well, like let me, let me just say, email like, is work. Yeah, or work in inside a relationship. Like if you're having a disagreement and you st- you stop texting, and then you go to email. Right. To communicate, mm-hmm. and then, but then Facebook Messenger, it's I don't know, it's it's different. It's like it's there's no commitment almost. Like I, I'm not obligated to respond on uh, on Facebook Messenger for right. some reason, and right. I like that. So that's your preferred. So it's a little slower. It gives you a little bit more pacing. You can so as much pressure. You're saying yeah. even though you right. can see red. Yeah. Right. Right. And well, then then again, and then we come back to a phone call. Like I looked at my minutes last month, and I think it was like negative six. Really? It's like calling, talking, you know, actual, that's, but like, it's an emergency if you call someone. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it now an emergency if you call I don't, someone? I mean, the only people I call are government agencies mm-hmm. uh, and... Uh, Your wife? 
Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I actually like, text her. I text her more than I, I call her. Um, and be, well, only because, and I know she's probably listening, that, that she, ne- she never answers the phone. So she has a thing about answering, answering the phone, which is, you know, perfectly understandable like when you're busy. When you call or in general? In general. In general, she... So I'm not exactly sure why that is, but... Maybe because she's a mother and she's not yeah. always with her phone. Yeah. But she probably just like glimpse at it. Once in a while to see if she gets any. She, text. I mean, look, she got a lot. Of, we you got there's a lot of stuff to carry around when you have a kid. You have to have the kid first of all. You got to carry around. <laughs> That's the first thing. And then you have a a, a big bag because uh, the kid has to you know has the droppings. So you have to have the the undercarriage yeah. wrap. It's a bigger commitment. And the wipes. A phone, a phone conversation. And you have to have all of the ointments and Does creams. Your kid still the uses desitin. diapers. <laughs> Does your kid still use diapers? Uh, I'm afraid. I mean, is this a competitive thing? No, I'm asking. Oh. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I think course. it's competitive. Actually, no, no. My my daughter is a is a diaper wearer. Okay. Proud proud diaper Aww. wearer, and she has a specific color that she likes. She likes the purple diapers. Uh, she doesn't go with the yellow or the blue, and we have an abundance of the yellow and blue. So we have to try to like convince her to go. So on one hand, we go like I always start by saying, "Honey, what color you know diaper would you want?" Hoping that she's going to ask for a different color. She always goes purple. So we have this backlog, but this is all stuff you you know you, you don't have to worry about this. <laughs> Who makes purple diapers? Speaking of backlogs, yeah. <laughs> so yes, should we take this show like like the way it used to be? Sure. No, no, no I'm joking. Serious. <laughs> I want let, let, let's put you on the spot, oh Nicole. God. Just a little bit. There we go. No, but then we'll jump in because I really want to talk about spirituality without the religion, all that aspect, because this show is designed and targeted or whatever to actually support people with that inclination support people in the waking process support people who have this place in them to be softer and kinder and believe that they int- their intention and their imagination has something to do with their future but also don't believe that you can just stare at a vision board and it will come true because there are correlations between your imaginations your thoughts your actions and we are here to support them we're here to be another voice, another support system, not the voice, not the answer, just another group of people who are here to say, hey, you are waking up. It's a real thing. So, you know, Philippe, you recommended a book to me that's called Waking Up. Can I ask you what waking up means for you? Sure. So the, the <coughs> Sam Harris, who is probably not popular in the spiritualist or you know circles he's an atheist um and a pretty vociferous intellectual atheist um is also happens to be a very progressive liberal and he also has discovered the nugget of spirituality within the religions that he lambasts so he is against um religion as dangerous in every regard whether it's christian muslim or uh, or even Jewish is uh, the, the actual relig- the religious aspect, but he is f- for uh, the spiritual aspect, not spiritual in a metaphysical sense, because he doesn't define spirituality through metaphysics, but through a through the spirituality as in a, the state, the the power of the mind to be able to alter reality, the the understanding of reality, and that the the power of our mind to be able to understand, to make sense, and to reshape reality. So from that perspective, uh, spirituality 
and this is something that I agree with, is not something that exists outside of us. It is something that we, is a power that we have, a latent power for most of us, myself included, to uh, allow us to make sense and to observe the world in a new way, which brings us a lot of happiness and joy. So I've been listening to the book. I like listening to things instead of reading. And he continues to define... As I don't know if he defines spirituality, but he continues to define the, 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 the value and the quality of waking up as in the, to disassociate ourselves from the notion that there is a self and there is an I. And spi- the spirit, we, to uncover the spirit of our essence. There is, a, there, is a, there is a unifying force that connects us all, but it's not a you know, a God that's punishing or rewarding us. It's, it's a cosmic intelligence that lives within us and lives in the universe. Again, when I say universe, it's not some out there, but it's definitely something that is driving us, waking us every day. And his whole practice or the argument and the encouragement, really, it's just an argument and more of encouragement for meditation and mindfulness and just practices that cultivate presence within you so you stop identifying with this I, ego, self that is separated from everyone else. And I love that description because that is enlightenment for me. That is waking up. And I believe that that is at the core of all spiritual experiences and mystical experiences <coughs> to stop feeling separated, to just acknowledge that we are all a product of life. And its, it's wonder and magic is real. And it, it doesn't mean it's magic be beyond day-to-day. The day-to-day is magic. But the issue and the challenge becomes, or has been, when we identify ourselves with our thoughts, when we believe that we are our thoughts. So spirituality without the religion is really growing up. It's, it, it, it's beyond just a waking up. It's saying that the religion, all of them, hopefully, at, at the beginning, did have some... There was structure for, for something. There, there is some goodness. There was, perhaps, some good ideas in it. Because I, like Sam Harris and you and anybody else probably here, I am insulted by religion, personally. I really am. I get it. It had its time. And I have a three-year-old or less than three-year-old, and he learns the alphabet and very basic building blocks through these very funny repetitive sounds and uh, toys and it's important for him but I believe that religion is in the same way for adults as uh, the building blocks and the toys for my son, my three year old but just getting us to the habit and the practice of being together and uh, even prayer ultimately what is prayer if not just putting yourself aside for a minute and realize that somebody, something, life itself is, make, is, is giving us breath. Something is waking us up. Just the practice of saying thank you before eating something, not thank you to a God that's punishing us if I don't say the right prayer, but really saying thank you. I'm waking up. It's amazing. I have food. It's growing. I can taste. I can feel. Those are practices that are just were just meant to harbor reverence and respect to nature. For me, God is nature. God is whatever is making 
my heart beat and that con you know that that power of on and off on and off on and off that's enough for me and to have this conversation now more out in the open to start to actually say religion is bad when it's used to kill people when it's used to keep people uh, suppressed when it tells you that women are less than or or even worse they tell you that women are better but only to keep them at home under specific context i do want to invite the conversation and i do want to anybody that's out there that feels spiritual but continuously say i'm spiritual but not religious in that book he said that 20 percent of americans consider themselves spiritual but not religious first of all those are big numbers so if it's if it's, if 20 percent are actually saying it that means the numbers are much higher <coughs> for me this conversation this podcast uh, whatever we are doing is to continue that conversation and help people really help people support people stop being so afraid of religion stop being so afraid of punishment like the punishment and reward system uh, you know well, actually that's, well that's God as parent you know God as parent can you talk well, about that for a minute and then we have that we have this parental model because I think in the state of non-wakingness we we are children and so God is outside and and higher you know it's like it's it's so interesting that they point up because that's where children point to their parents you know it's about the same angle you know it's like and and it's all it's the shame model you know if you're good you know you'll 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 in in some other in some other place you'll go to heaven and in some other time you'll if you're not good you'll go to some bad place you know which is a uh, which is basically a paradigm of most parenting that's happened you know um around the world you know it really it really creates um creates the duality that we live in and um yeah so now i actually believe that growing up what about you guys i actually i was raised believing that i really really was that's why you know, she asked me, she, this one, Nicole asked me, what's the quiet your one. Yeah, the quiet one. What's your vision for the show? What's your vision for yourself? I said that for many years, especially in the first 10, 15 years of my life, I was very religious and my inspiration and my vision was to break away from it. Still taking the good stuff that I have experienced. I did. I experienced community and safety in community. You mentioned during the break, safety of community was tangible. We felt safe. We, th- we, we were training one another and teaching one another to hate everyone else. <laughs> no, we really did. I mean, to genuinely hate. Like, it was a good thing to hate. And all of you people who feel religious and, you know, you're very protective over it, just really check in with yourself. Check in about this inferiority or superiority complex that you're experiencing. When you really believe that because you know something other people don't, you're better than them. When you really believe that you know something that they don't, that's ridiculous. It's not real. And it really it reflects something about your own belief in humanity, your own belief in who you are. But it's common. Like We're talking about it now and we listen to George Carlin and it's all fun and games. But this is still happening right now in the world, whether you see it on TV where people kill one another in the name of religion or just everyday life. And... You know, everyday life where people feel superior because they belong to a certain group. And then l- let's just bring it to the positive side. The positive side, 
we felt very safe. I really felt safe. My parents that I grew up with did not have, we didn't have any money. They were heroin addicts. It was just like the worst of the worst when it comes to, well, maybe they're not the worst of the worst. It was the worst for me. Uh, my mother had a car accident. My stepfather was a junkie. Everything was just weird. But I don't, you know, I don't, I remember feeling safe. Not just me personally. I, I, we, we didn't, I wasn't worried about food. I wasn't worried about money. We did, money wasn't a conversation. But because we could, there, was, there was always somewhere to go and get food. There was always people who would lend you money if they really needed to in the community. Uh, people, you know, the doors were open. Uh, we would all wait for Friday nights and Saturdays to be together. And that safety really still continues to keep people together, even though their ideas are crappy and the education is, is, uh, is uh, there is no education. It's just about keeping people separated. But really being able to say, okay, so the community was kept us safe. The, the shared ideas and shared beliefs. What if we take that? We take some of the good, like you said, Philip, we take the nuggets, the good nuggets out of religion. Okay? So we all have different backgrounds. For me, the best nuggets out of religion is the knowing that shared beliefs and shared ideas keep people together. They keep people safe. They really do. And there were some habits, like the practice of coming together to eat, to practice of coming together to take a day of rest. Uh, people know the Jewish Shabbat, or the Sabbath, which literally means to cease, to pause. That practice is keeping people uh, rejuvenated it does it really really does what they do in their time and how and if their 99% of their time is spent you know feeling afraid that if they don't do it right they'll get punished and feeling superior to everybody else that doesn't that's got to change and that's what we are here to do this is what this show is about this is but to not to not just throw it all out and say well we're just here on our own and screw everything else no we do need community. This show right now is better because there are people here. I feel I'm having a lot more fun because there are people here than anything else. And like Sam said during the break, well, we do a lot of work and it's waking up and growing up and cleaning up and we have heavy processes encountering our ego and our selfishness and just realize how separated and alienated and our narcissism and our and on our visions to be someone and our neediness to be heard and there's the fight for relevance that 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 is challenging and it's, it can be a struggle and it truly is a process that can feel tiring and it can wear on you it's work to some degree it really is especially encountering your selfishness and encountering your jealousy and your envy but it's so important to remember to have fun and we don't remember it like a freaking stick, you know, sticky pad or sticky note. We surround ourselves with people and in environments and invite situations that are fun for us. I, I always remember when I switched careers from a computer programmer, project manager, web producer, real estate agent, whatever I was doing. When I switched career to my spiritual side, which is inspiring and motivating and guiding people through just a waking process I there was it was very serious and it was very heavy 
like the type of work and the process of from alienation to community is going through a lot of trauma and deprivation at first. And I went up to a teacher of mine who was training me to do this very heavy, serious spiritual work. And we always start every session with the intention. And the intention is usually stuff like, I want to find my purpose, I want to find my destiny, and I want to know what my mission is, and I want to I let go of all this shit, excuse my French or my English. <laughs> and what is that? And, and I went up to the teacher and I said, hey, it was my first ceremony. My first gathering, my first, you know, time I stood up in front of a, a classroom, so to speak. And I said to him, hey, can you give me a collective intention for the group? Can you tell me, help me, what is tonight all about? And he looked at me and he said, Aurea, it's for you to have fun. And you know what? I still use it. And I use it now. I use it today when I find myself like, in a place where it's deep or heavy and it gets convoluted about, this, you know, I think somebody should be this way, somebody should be that way or my life should be different. I, I remind myself often, and that's why you guys are here on the show, to have fun, to really have fun. If you're not having fun, not all the time, I get it, but if you're not having fun in your life, you're trying. There's something, it's okay, but let, 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 let's just put in the and, and their personal goals and intentions to really have fun during this work, to have fun waking up. May I, I should have it stickered on my wall. And do not take yourself too seriously. When you find yourself taking yourself seriously, then there is dead air and <laughs> silence. So, an invitation. How are you doing? Nicole? I'm doing great. I know I'm very quiet. I'm no, it's so okay. engrossed in the conversation. But it's true. It's like you have to laugh at yourself. Like like our demons and whatever when I'm acting neurotic. You have to catch yourself and just laugh at yourself. That's the only way. I mean I, I don't I mean, I just feel as adults I think people lose that. They lose that as they get older. You know, you have families, you have kids, people going through divorce, and it's very easy to get like serious and, and dramatic dramatic you know and it's kind of like you have to probably learn what what are you laughing at <laughs> maybe he's crying <laughs> yeah, i was just deciding i was going to refuse to talk if if you looked at me i don't know i just oh. thought it was kind of funny to myself see edmund's laughing <laughs> how do you what do you think about uh, just humor Any, in everyday anything? life i mean do you try it i don't I think humor actually is is probably my favorite flavor it just is, you know, it's like it just it to me, it, it kind of wraps everything up into one thing. And, you know, it's it's such a natural thing. It's like laughter and dancing are so natural to us. And yet we we kvetch and we fight and we and then, you know, and we finally get there and we're like, oh, yeah, this is so easy, you know, and, and, and humans, it's like, I don't know, they're very especially in the Western world. Humans are very the Western thing. psyche is very addicted to struggle and making it hard and you know and that makes it meaningful you know if it's if it's more serious it's more meaningful and and uh i am definitely an an addict of that like i've definitely been addicted to that thing you know the the seriousness of stuff but you know i just don't why uh, do you think just curious was the education was it uh, spiritual teachers uh, just your <coughs> karma or reincarnation sort of 
situation. You, you want to know? You want to at, at the yeah. basis of it? You yes. want to? I'll tell you at the very basis of it. I think that the model, the Christ model, of of the enlightened person being crucified to then be one with the Creator is the at the root of it all, because it basically says in the psyche, in the in the archetypal psyche, because we all we all operate under archetypes. That archetype is projected upon us for so much. And even for me, you know, I was actually raised in an atheist home, but I was raised in a Christian nation. And so to be an enlightened person in a Christian nation is to be crucified. And so that, that lies deep within the psyche. And so it, 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 it limits yourself. It limits, it, limits your, it limits your idea of limitlessness within yourself, of liberation. So, so sacrifice was... So what came first for you, the, the journey of liberation or sacrifice? Because like, it, it seemed, like, were you attracted to, were you attracted to it? Because this archetype thing was projected on you. Like, actually, there was a part of you that wanted to struggle and work hard. Well, actually, I think it was, I was really just interested in, like, I just really was interested in being happy. Okay. I was just really interested in being happy. And then, like, you know, through my young adult life, I found being happy came from, like, you know, combination of, like, meditation, which is, like, clearing myself out and just acting crazy. And, uh, but then, like, to come upon these archetypes within you, like, you will, you will face these archetypes. You will face, you will face this, you know, the, the realities around the, how the archetypes live themselves out within you. And everyone's looking at the clock. No, no, I'm <laughs> genuinely, I genuinely <laughs> want to hear more about that, meaning not just me, I know our audience does. You have a lot of good stuff in you, and it's nice to get you to talk about it. All right. Uh, I mean, if it's funny. It's the great. meter's running. Yeah, the meter's running. <laughs> <laughs> on 72nd Street, actually. Yeah. I had to pay for parking. It's <laughs> we'll, all right. It's a tough street. <laughs> we'll be back. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too. Balance my chemistry. Hydrate these cells because the body talks and meditation helps. The body talks and meditation helps. All right, and we're back. <laughs> what um, happened to Aurea? I'm Aurea. <laughs> no. You pronounced so, it right. So much to talk about, and we, you know, we're kind of, there are so many different topics, and as soon as we start one, I start to, like, put my mind and my thought to it, and then it, it moves to something else, so I'm trying to kind of keep up with everything, but um, from my perspective, to try to tie it all together, the aspect of religion, the aspect of happiness, um, life in general, I have a a theory that I've been playing with that um, I think explains it all. It's a sort of a unifying theory, which no one I've heard, no philosophers that I've studied say it in this way, um, although I probably put it together piecemeal, you know, through a lot of the readings that I've done. That's big news. <laughs> so, you, so you're about to share your, this is it. <laughs> well, this is a and it, but... I can do a drum roll. <clears throat> no, no, no. <clears throat> You'll d do the drum roll after. If it was worth it, then I'll say it again or something. Okay. Um, but here's the premise, okay, very simply, that we know that we are programmed to live. This is our predisposition, a genetic predisposition. Every cell in our body, including the cells that make up our brain, 
are programmed to live. We, we wake up in the morning, uh, we breathe, you know, the, the hair on my face grows without any assistance. My pulmonary system, you know, my entire, my, my heartbeats, um, my brain operates and all the billions of functions that are happening at one time are all happening involuntarily on their own. I can't kill myself. If I wanted to kill myself, I would need a third party. I would need a gun, a knife, you know, a rope, some pills, or throw myself off a building. But I can't turn myself off. I was turned on, and there I am. And this would be true of anyone. If you took uh, the world's most evil person, and you took the world's holiest person, and you put them together in a body of water and you submerge their head underwater. You know, you have the Dalai Lama in your left hand and you've got, you know, he doesn't have hair or the head of, you know, ISIS or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Where you grab his head and you'd submerge them underwater in a few seconds. They're going to respond exactly the same way. They're going to violently try to protect their lives. They're going to gasp for air. They're going to fight to live. And that, I mean, we, we all have that instinct. So if, if we, it's hard to, you know, science would agree with that. And I would say that it, Anyone, I don't think anyone here would disagree that in that premise that if you, if if your if oxygen was depleted, you would be struggling for for air, etc. <coughs> food was scarce, you'd you know you'd go hunting for food. So, I think that this is the the the, the birthplace of the metaphysical world, because we are programmed to live. It's impossible for us to contemplate or understand death. How can the the very cells of our body and our brain actually contemplate not living when we're only programmed to live. It's impossible. And so, therefore, this, this is births an entire worldview that becomes religion and corporations and societies because we are building life constantly. Religion is really an explanation of the things we can't assign a value to or we can't understand. Uh, anything that we don't understand, we it falls under the realm of you know religion, metaphysical world. We create a story. Some believe that that story is true. Others don't. Or others argue about that story, but that there's a story, and we, um, over time, you know, science begins to refute some of that story, and then we change the story based on what science tells us. But at the end of the day, we're writing a story for an unknown, and it really is about death. And so, if, it's, if this is true, and it's about life and death, then there's ultimately two strains of thought that will emerge from that. You'll have a humanitarian thought, and, and then you'll also have the opposite of the humanitarian thought. The humanitarian, which is what we all represent here, wants to protect and to preserve and to promote and to perpetuate our spe- species by saving people's lives, by promoting peace, by... Uh, building new things and you know creating prosperity and abundance and community and that's a natural extension of the humanitarian who's trying to preserve and protect humanity the other side right let's call it the you know the the destructive evil dark you know side is trying to achieve the same goal and that they are doing it in a different they have a different strategy they do it through by killing so in order for my I am deluded into believing uh, that in order to protect my species, I have to kill you. And so I become uh, cloistered and I become separated. And these two strains of thought coexist in the the world. And 
they battle with each other in, in, intellectually, philosophically, but they're really coming from the same place. And so in my mind, neither one of them is sustainable. The humanitarian will overpopulate the earth. The, you know, if we, if we saved every human being and protected every life and, and had longevity, we would run out of natural resources. We'd have to populate other planets. It's just an unsustainable model if you look at it in the long term. And the other model, obviously, is even less sustainable because a bomb, the, the bombs get bigger, you know, the turf gets, you know, the lines get drawn deeper in the sand, etc. So, what hap- So, so how can we be happy? And while this is the birthplace of religion, it explains religion as far as I'm concerned, right? It's, it, of course, we're going to believe in an afterlife because we have to promote life. We have to. We can only conceptualize life, so we create an afterlife, reincarnation, relife. Because there has to be something else because we can't comprehend nothingness. So this is where religion starts. And in terms of the question of happiness, if you want to be happy, it's not a question of morality. The things that make us the happiest are those things that promote and protect and preserve life. So if you want to be happy, care for your body, build strong, lasting community and loving relationships, um, help others to protect and to preserve their lives and to improve their lives and that's where we're going to experience the greatest amount of happiness and so really by becoming less selfish and by putting yourself into the and and dedicating yourself really to protect to protecting the species of humanity even at a biological level while it sounds very uninteresting it's actually much more profound than trying to achieve a certain goal to protect an unknown uh deity which no one's ever seen or met and to try to satisfy some rule or law of cosmic proportion that we've never actually had any experience with or any evidence of. And yet in our own experience, biological experience, we have all of the tools to experience great joy. Uh, the feeling that you get when you're in love, the feeling you get when you care for a child, the feeling you get when you save an animal that's in need, the feeling that you get when you help other people out. This is in profound joy and happiness. And when you're laughing and you're having joy, this is happiness, and all of this is related to life, promoting life. So that's my short uh, disquisition. <laughs> we got to do the, the applause. No, the drum roll, the drum roll. <laughs> it's a lot of words, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Eleven, actually. <laughs> no, it's uh, uh, the, the whole thing that, you know, the, the setting off into factions of survival, you know, the survival model. I think it's interesting that the that what you would call evil, in a sense, is also that with which is actually killing the planet for their own survival, <clears throat> which is everything is a everything is a, a self destructive has a self destructive end, you know. And then I think even or self perpetuating end, but in the end, it's self destructive because. Well, I think my sense though is that if we lived in a world of humanitarians, we would be there would be less destruction of the planet itself and more and and could sustain more people more abundantly you know um and i think that's in from a spiritual standpoint i feel like that's where the planet is heading anyway it's it's cry, it's it, the planet as a as a living being trying also wanting to support humanity maybe not in the in the way of a of an intellectual dialogue but in the way of life i think the planet i think that my sense of even global climate change is actually part of an, an, an overall evolution that we are co-creating with the planet. You know, we're actually saying we want more, 
we want we, we want more we want more uh miami beach everywhere you know we want we want warm or at least i do we want warm and and places we can grow more crops and um you know less harsh and uh yeah so I like all those. I like the words you use. They're, they're very... <laughs> Just in a different order. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that, um, Philippe, you said that um, coming from two different places, they have one goal in mind. I remember in the book Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. Did anyone read that here? Yeah. Anyone? Okay. Yeah. Remember when he said, um, when, he, when Neil was, I guess channeling God that um, Hitler thought he was a good guy thought yeah. he was doing the right thing yeah <laughs> everyone thinks oh he went to hell well Hitler actually you know he, he thought he was doing the right yeah. thing yeah. so you know so yeah and that's uh, Noam Chomsky's you know opinion about intent that you know there is an argument that and we were talking about this earlier that um, is is killing ever justified you know and the and the question is about intent and Chomsky would say well the intent on both sides is equally valid but they're both wrong if there's a killing so while we are you know killing to try to do something that we think is going to achieve life um the killing itself is is promoting death and therefore it's bad Mm -hmm. and it's wrong Mm -hmm. so it's you know it's it's pretty um it's pretty interesting how basic our lives are i mean really if you just focused on doing things that promote life while it may not be sustainable long run, it is in the end going to generate the greatest amount of joy and happiness in your life. I think I just want my own planet <laughs> just by myself. I think, that would, I think that would solve a lot. Yeah, and I think we would all want that for you too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone here who would disagree. In fact, uh, we could all chip in and get you... Uh, Actually, you, you already <laughs> have the car. That's yeah. kind of a spaceship. Yeah, very much. Very much a spaceship. <laughs> Thank you. I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. Out of darkness, light are pumping, 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 pumping. Into white light, all things up. Just, just be non sequitur for a second. Okay. You know, like <clears throat> no, the question was: Is if you ever held a handgun? Have I ever held a handgun? Yeah, of course I've held a handgun. Have you fired a handgun? Yes, I have. Was there any specific experience about holding or firing a handgun? Well, it uh, had a little bit of a kick. Right. And uh, it was, there, you know, I... I uh, was there any emotional experience with it? Like, did you contemplate, like, what a mortal weapon it was that you had in your hand? You could you could Absolutely. Yeah? When you hold a... I mean, I think anyone who's been to a shooting range or held a weapon, um, you know, would say that there is a an, a, an adrenaline rush... And it's a very powerful thing. And it, it, at first, it's scary. Um, but then you actually pull the trigger and you learn how to, to handle the, um, the weapon, which is, you know, uh, you know assuming that it's of, of a certain size and caliber, that it actually, um, once you can control the weapon, it, 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 it definitely there's, it meets some sort of primal um, thing going on. Hmm. I think it's, I think I, I think it's actually interesting because there's so many things in like that we like to do that are sort of on the edge. You know, there's the you know we look at the you know these squirrel jumpers. You know, these guys with these squirrel suits and they're jumping in fjords and they're just you know it's uh, there's a life and death element mm-hmm. to something. Um, Nicole, you gotta come <coughs> in. And I, I 
You're gonna get into something. Have you ever? Have you to ever? Add. I would, I would no, love no, to. I would no, love no, to. no. We're talking about guns. Do you like guns? I'd like to fire one. I'd like to experience it. I never have. Wow. I never. I've never been to a range. I, we're, we're a bit confusing all our spiritual listeners. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 you're still tuned in. This is the How about spirit. bow and arrow? Would that qualify for this conversation? <laughs> this group? How about a, like a, what's the St. Valentine's? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. How about that little, that, that sport where you hit with the tennis racket, but it's not a ball. It's like a little shuttlecock. bird. <laughs> The shuttlecock? Is that what it's called? Badminton. Yeah, badminton. That's <laughs> it's it. called the shuttlecock. <laughs> That's how we started the show an hour ago. I know, badminton. <laughs> or shuttlecock, I don't know. <laughs> so, speaking of shuttlecocks. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but are those like the Boom. golf balls with the... With the feathers. You're looking at me. Feathers. You're looking at me. I'm looking at I you. And it goes those. like, when you, when you hit it with the racket, it goes, boom. It's, it's, it's really satisfying. It's, boom. it's something like that way back when, when... You had very, very wealthy aristocrats who didn't lift a finger for anything. <laughs> that was the extent of their athletic ability. They took like this little, you know, racket and they, you know, little flimsy. Like make the know. ball fly on its own. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, is you, you just like for the aristocrats, you'd hit it really hard, but the harder you hit it, 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 kind yeah, it of got slower. It got slower. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, darling, I don't have to right, chase you have to off. flick the wrist and it goes, ding. Yeah. Get the help. Go get it. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm, I'm I'm just gonna come back to you, Nicole, because oh I'm having. And I, come on, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. You own the show. We gotta do it. You you know you mentioned to me that there is a part of you that was afraid to come on the show. There was oh, a part here of we you. Go. No, listen, listen. Yeah, yes. yeah. That you you were wondering if I had second thoughts, and because last time we had the show, and then yes. we had a quick conversation. And I said, you, you know, if I would love for you to come on as the producer. And it's going to be fun. And then you said that over the past week, you had some thought thinking maybe I had second thoughts. Well, yeah, because we death. hadn't communicated all week. So, of course, you know, I, like most women, we have a, like, well, I don't know, Ooh. not just women, men and women. We build a story in our head. Well, oh, well, maybe he changed his mind. That's weird. I haven't heard from him. Or, oh, should I contact him? Should I? Should we be brainstorming? So just those running tapes. So, you, it, you know, it crossed my mind. So I was like, oh, well, maybe he changed his it's mind. It's not maybe exclusive not. to you. Right. Uh, the way I would think about it is think of him as sort of a prima donna <laughs> celebrity that is, you know, going yeah. crazy in his life. No, but no I'm kidding. No, so far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just it crossed my mind. I mean, only because we hadn't communicated. That's it. Right. And, and this is where the invitation to co-create is because when you asked me a half hour before the show, I said, what is your vision for the show? I said, I want to be very clear. It is a shared vision. Right. It's whatever your vision would be because where you come from and your experience and who you are. Mm -hmm. And then my sh my vision, putting it together, because I know for a fact that the show is already better just because of your presence. Meaning maybe you didn't say much today. Not today. That's OK. Uh, and, uh, it's, well, we got an hour left. <laughs> but again, this is an invitation and an encouragement for anybody out there and in this room wanting to start something and going there, you know, just feeling the transition from, I think I need to do something to I'm completely, and also to the other side, which is I'm not making sense and rambling and finding the flow and knowing that finding the flow, like who is it? Seth Godin, Malcolm Gladwell, who talked about the 10,000 hours. Not Malcolm, what did you say? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. It takes time. It really does take time. And 
the people who are listening and tuning in and, and, and just having some relief of, yeah, you know what? It was, I didn't even realize it, this show could be funny or it, it, it has good potential. And, and just knowing within themselves, everybody knowing within themselves that we, not just the show has a rhythm, but the creative process, the creative expression process of launching oneself, of launching... She asked me what my vision is personally. I said, it's always been to inspire people, period. That's it. I don't have too much else, quite frankly. I can call myself a community builder. I can call myself a guide, a facilitator, a shaman, an urban shaman, many different ways. And yet the, the part of me that never changes, that self within me that never changes is simple, is to inspire, to be a light, to just, uh, to, to, to just be me and motivate others because, because I believe life is fun. Life is magical. And we all have different roles to do. And I don't have to find a message. I don't have to find a specific methodology. Although I will experiment with things that are fun for me. I will experiment with different ways that work for me. But the truth is, the simple truth is, just inspiring, like you said, Philippe, other people to, what do you call it, um, what you call humanitarian or just this is a fun experience it's this is this is pretty magical just to wake up every day Mm -hmm. the the biggest struggle i've had in my life is to find happiness in what i do have to be content with what is happening not with what's coming and not with what is possible although i'm excited about the blessings and abundance and anything that can and may come my way but the truth is I know tomorrow doesn't exist I know that I know that deep within me there is no such thing as tomorrow there really isn't there is imagine there's vision there's imagination there are thoughts there's intention and that that is at the core of this life force you know right you said that at the core we are how did you say it at the core we are alive we are here to live we're here to propagate Every cell of our body desires to live, yeah. and that does include letting go. It does include letting go. Cancerous cells are cells that do not let go. Cells do need, do need to die. As part of the harmony, part of the community within the body, cells need to die off. And when there is something that's not right in the body, those cells do not die, and we have cancer. We have a process on a day-to-day of, that's important of letting go like releasing, trusting life. The best way that I have found so far to make my dreams, to continue to make my dreams or see my dreams come true is to get other people involved. To really do it. That's, we talk about community building. Community building really starts with the one person you're trusting and then maybe two, maybe three, five, six, seven. We talk about we have a lot of people, but it's really... The, the, the few people that we can really trust, that we can really share with. And, that, and that's what community building is. And yet, what is trusting if not letting go? What is trusting if not saying to you, Nicole, what is your vision? Truly, you said that you've been doing this kind of work in the background for, for a while. Well, yeah, it's completely different you know, for television, like telling people stories, um, not spiritually based necessarily. You know, but I've been, of course, reading since, I mean... 20s which it's always you know I've always loved this kind of work so I thought it was a great opportunity to in any capacity 
not necessarily on air, even behind the scenes. Like, oh, how could I help in some capacity to inspire? And know. yet it's also meeting a vision, fantasy, dream, intention of yours to actually Have cultivate voice. your voice. Yeah. And that's, that's why I want to honor. And that's why I want, I want to encourage you on air and mm-hmm. off air to do that. Because only when you really listen to that vision, that fantasy, the, the, the desire to explore something, the mm-hmm. desire to explore the experience will make this show better. I've said that from day one, I want to be engaged. I want to be let go. I want to be more relaxed, more funny. I don't expect it to happen day one. And yet it's by allowing you to do your thing. Mm-hmm. And having a two-hour block will take some structure. Having a two-hour block will take more, more support. When I signed up for the two-hour block, when Sam Libowitz said yes, it was knowing that one day I'm going to have the help and support to do that. And part of this idea that intention is important because having the intention and setting up the, the vision, the vision, this is more of the vision now than it's ever been before. But the vision doesn't manifest right in the beginning. We have to show up. We have to create the space. We do. Starting next week, uh, anybody that's listening to this can come to to an event where I'm going to hold a weekly event basically like this podcast but live for people to come in this is my fourth mention of it maybe ever now it doesn't matter I know that the vision comes first <coughs> setting up the space comes second and then inviting people to play with me inviting people to play and Philip the other day you were talking to me about how intentions is not enough because people have many great intentions. It's true. But we also can't uh, ignore that. We just can't ignore the fact that without the intention, without the vision, being busy, taking action, it doesn't lead to anything. I mean, it leads to being busy and getting things done, but it doesn't lead to a fulfillment. And I I haven't found a better way to describe this because... I've, see, I've seen many people take credits for it, but this whole idea of three for three, you know, the thoughts and feelings and actions have to be in alignment. And I, I, I couldn't, I, can, I still can't find something better, a way to describe it. You know, you can call thoughts imagination or intentions, uh, feelings, the way you feel about things, the way you feel about yourself, and then action. Those, they, they do have to be in alignment. And maybe not all the time. Sometimes I'm, would be very busy just with intention. Sometimes I'm just busy, you know, getting myself to feel better about my intentions. And sometimes I may just be busy taking action. But it's a dance. It's when you're, you know, you, 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 I can intend to, to inspire people, but if I don't really feel like I can and won't work, I can take all the actions and buy all the Google AdWords in the world and drive people to my website. But if I don't, have the you know I- intention that's true in my heart then it's not going to work and that's what people are i always feel like they're missing their focus in one of the three they're focused on their feelings they're focused on their intention they're focused on their action there is a fine dance of those three thoughts feelings and actions and if this podcast if this show it, the, if it can just remind people and as a live 
experience of how it takes time and it takes practice and it takes support. But this show includes all those three elements. There's an intention. You can feel by just listening to this show how I feel about myself. I get feedback from people saying, I know when you're in your heart. I know when you're in your mind. Good. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you can feel that. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to address feelings when, when we come back, actually. I want, Great. something that you said. So. In the moon of the budding trees I was gifted new eyes to see All of the shifting shape and ways you can be Wake the dreams into realities Wake the dreams into realities My turn. <laughs> Good luck getting the mic away from me now. So um, I wanted to actually address. Uh, I was really just yeah. I, I have this. I have this. Uh, I have this station in my mind. I'm always. I'm always interpreting life for other for people through feelings because I feel like that feelings is really. It's just as distorted as religion, in many ways. Um, for both men and women, uh, and and I actually more so for men, but 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 women distort feelings very very much as well. But you said, you said you said, you know you're, you're using uh, thoughts, feelings, and you said, well, it's 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 how I feel about myself, and I just for a moment kind of unpacked that statement, how I feel about myself in a, in some sense is actually a dissociative relationship to feelings, because it's like it's like how am I witnessing myself feeling. And feeling is, I think the more you feel, the more you're kind of in this, in, in literally in another dimension of experience. Without your mind, you're in a, you're in a span of doing without, without planning or without controlling. Because feeling, you know, raw feeling, pure feeling is pure experience. You know, and I tell people many times, like at any given moment, like in this moment, I, this is all, I'm having an emotional experience, but am I paying attention to it? And if I'm paying attention to that emotional experience, something else happens. And so, and if I'm, if I am willing to admit, like for instance, like everything I'm feeling in this moment, like, um, I'm feeling confident, I'm feeling cocky, I'm feeling arrogant, I'm feeling, uh, insecure, um, I'm feeling squashed, uh, I'm feeling excited, I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling funny, um, all these things are going on. And then, and, and for some reason when I acknowledge it, Literally, I ha it's like there's this shift that takes place in my body. Like I f all of a sudden, I feel more present. Like even in this moment, after saying all of those feelings to you, I just feel I feel more present than I did before I did it. And there's and 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 my point is is there's this component that's so distorted in our culture about about emotions that you know emotions for me <coughs> is how the nervous system is is communicating with itself and the brain. It's, it's a flow of energy. It's, it's telling us what's happening to us. You know, it's like, and you've been saying more and more lately, like you've been using the words, like it, this, this situation doesn't feel good in my body, I don't wanna do it. This situation feels good in my body, I want to do it. You know, these are some really good, I think these are some really good guidelines for the waking up process for people. You know, like, does it feel good? Does it not feel good? You know, and, and, <clears throat> and then sometimes you do something you'll do something because you don't feel good about it. You know, because you, you want to find, in a sense, to find out why you don't feel good about something. 
you know, and, and, you know, we had a conversation last week that I entered in that conversation not feeling good about it. But it, and I can see it was to find out why. Why did I not feel good about that situation? So I, I really will continue probably until my dying moment to just, to just talk about like, the, like literally the physical, energetic, or and I, I don't want to use the word energy, even the, the neuric experience, the neuric experience of feelings you know, within the body communicating with itself. So, you know, and the distortions, especially for men, you know, men, feelings, feelings come alongside like literally a level, like I would call homophobia. Men are as afraid of feelings as they are of being, becoming homosexual. And I think for women, feelings are come more natural to them, but because they don't have, they don't have the support from the male side, the feelings can get also mis, in my opinion, misused. You know, and um, what do you mean by misused? Like dramatic, overly dramatic, overly dramatic. They also can be used. I find it can be used in a very punishing way. You know, m- women can really, you know, they really can pull out the, you know, t- to punish someone emotionally, you know, to punish someone silently and emotionally. You know, it's a and, and, and I think that we all we're all at the effect of this. We are all at the effect of this all the time. You know, it's, 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 it's how we feel around one another. You know, it's, it's how we experience one another. Do we want to hang out with certain people or we don't want to hang out with certain people or based on what's actually going on with them and, and interactions with us. But like I said, you know, um, men, I think, have the most distortions and I think, I think that they need, they really need the most help. You know, because I, I feel like for the last 20 years, I've really focused on like, 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 operating my emotional body and how different my life really is from that standpoint and i feel like i'm a rare i'm a rare male person that does that but then now i kind of look out into the world i'm going this is i see it as the missing piece you know because so many feelings growing up are distorted as well you know we're shamed you know we're shamed out of our feelings you know men are shamed for having feelings and and for most men feelings that it just means either being weak or crying you know, there's, there, there's a, there are literally a, another thousand feelings to have be in between, you know, being shamed and crying that, that we're missing because we've blocked those two, those, those two polarities. So. Is that, is that too many words? No. For me? No, that was. That's an incredible volume of words and I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah, I actually was trying, I was adding words so you wouldn't refute anything I had to say. I have a whole longer refutation <laughs> than I'm going to come back I want to use the F word right now on the air. <laughs> I will always be competing with you, <laughs> not anyone else. <laughs> That's what we have been calling. So, is it, because if I feel better than than I than you, I'm doing really well. So it sounds like you follow your emotions. That you uh, that you basically your your emotion when you 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 have an experience of an emotion and then then that becomes your your you step into it Gun. you. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is an internal guide. It's an internal guidance system, and it's almost like it's like having a second brain. You know, it's like you have a thought brain that you know you just have thought after thought after thought, and then to sort of formulate this feeling brain of like feeling after feeling after feeling. You know, it it it, it can be simple in in like guiding you into certain situations, but then I think at some point it becomes what I would call into a state of meta feelings. It's like then you become intuitive. You know, then you become, then you, yeah, you become intuitive. There's another intelligence that comes over that, that makes me feel connected, connected to something larger. 
You know, it's like even the, the simple intuition, like knowing I'm going to get a parking place right in front of this, right in front of the studio. It's like you could call that beyond my. Mo- I just knew that it was going to happen. You uh, know, I was really hoping you're not going to use that example. <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> Okay. But I mean, what what you Sorry. said? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I could I could go, I could go move it now. Actually, yeah, I'll do that. No, but I was saying it's it's absolutely true. Didn't I? T- what didn't we talk about that as well? Like men, like you know, um, I just had a brain brain fart. Sorry, but you know when I you're raised, like I know, <laughs> you know, men and women when they're raised, right? Same feelings, same emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Um, and then boys are taught, right, to suppress their emotions, right? It's weakness. It's, you know, don't cry, don't do this. And that is a problem. That's a major problem. I mean, are you familiar with Jeff Brown? Jeff mm. Brown, he's an author. He wrote this book, Soul Shaping. And he's a, a, crim- he's a criminal attorney, or he was. And it's all about, like, the male warrior and how he was raised in an alcoholic home. Oh, we have three minutes. And uh, he was taught to fight 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 and then but he started there was this internal voice that he listened to he called it I forgot the name of the woman it was a woman vo- a female voice and basically um, mm. he who told him he should be a writer and it was breaking down the walls and his relationships with women how he slept with women like men you know the only sense of emotional sex through sex right that's how men feel close to women so um, maybe maybe not I don't know sharing feelings that's their way of getting close but um, but he talks about the whole male warrior and how he had to break that down. And now, of course, and, and anyway, I, I keep having a little, well, I agree with you, Edmund. 100% <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And that more men need to feel, because it's true, you don't want to be like, a, we were talking about um, men and women. Like, I certainly don't want a man that's like bawling and crying their eyes out and being an emotional putty, you know, whatever. But there's a balance between male and female. The same thing, a woman. Like, I think I can control myself. I get more angry than cry. You know, I have a more, more of a male kind of thing. But it, it's annoying when you're overly dramatic and you cry. I, I get that. There needs to be a balance for both. So it's a long and that is the struggle. A, it's a big conversation. I think the thing that brings us balance is ideas that what's, we should subordinate our feelings to good ideas. That ideas, in fact, are more powerful than what we feel and that that's we, we should be spending more time on establishing and developing good and, ideas. And, and I actually think it's a valid point because it, it really comes down to um, you know you can you can become out, out of balance with your feelings when you know you you identify with your feelings like you know a lot of people do they if they feel if underneath they feel not good enough then then somehow that's their reality like I, I've, I've said many times feelings are are, are relative they are they are relative they are not they are not facts you know it's like you know i can just that it's like the, it takes some it takes some balance of everything it takes some mind and 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 it's where where in a sense what you're saying is the vision is more important than what you're feeling and i i absolutely agree but the feelings are also can be the guide through the vision the feelings can become the journey within as you enact the vision, you know, there's always the, you know, the internal component, you know, I find that that's the story, the inner story happens with the feeling. There's so many things though that affect what we feel that are out of our control. Um, we, for example, if you have a high carbohydrate breakfast, that could make you angry for the rest of the day. And that anger you can take out on your children, 
So if you were, uh, and there's so many, there are environmental factors. Oh, yeah, but I would say the anger was already high, there. A high barometric pressure. I mean, the anger is there for anyone, but there are many. But I would say, but I would say the, the, the high carbohydrate breakfast is actually, is actually exacerbating something that's already there. All right, let's talk about the egg sandwiches and what happens after. Yeah, I, prefer, <laughs> I actually prefer sausage. protein for breakfast for that very reason. And we're back. I just had to say that before we make some crazy remarks. <laughs> we're talking about sausage. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm about Al Sharpton. Is he coming on? <laughs> May I? Uh, did you want to go into a different direction? No. I just wanted to, you know, to follow up on the, this idea of ideas. And that there are so many factors that are out of our control in terms of our emotions. That to try to regulate or control our emotions and to use them as a guide for anything, I think, is is a very poor, unreliable approach. I think that by focusing on sound ideas, whether these are, you know, whatever they are, spiritual ideas, practical ideas, whatever, that pass certain tests of reason and that are, um, that are, uh, that are, you know, beneficial, that they transcend the various uneven emotions that we all inevitably will feel about life on a moment-to-moment, hour-to-hour, day-to-day basis. But, but don't your ideas, don't your ideas, aren't they driving you to want to feel good? Your, I, your, your ideas? Your, your specific ideas, aren't, in, in a sense, aren't you driving, like, like you're, you're, you're choosing those ideas to feel good? Well, and, I don't, and, even, no. and even in a sense um, for you, like, like you feel like you even were saying like, you know, uh, caring for humanity is an, incre- you know, caring for humanity is an incredible feeling, you know, like, yeah, I think that it meets our genetic predisposition and ultimately gives us a great sense of happiness and joy. Okay. A feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness but, and joy are feelings, but not all the time. And that there, in order to achieve that, there, there are many, a, a wide range of other emotions that you would have to endure. In, but the idea is better. It's a better idea than the emotion. In other words, an, an example would be, it's an extreme example, but when you get into a rage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you just would allow yourself to experience you the commercial rage. break? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and you want to feel that rage and you want to experience that rage and express that rage, something bad may happen. Right, may happen if unless, that, you, unless mm, you're in a session with Edmund. And mm. and so, so no, no. If you want, I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel rage. What I'm saying is, is that that by f- just jumping into your rage, something may, not always will, but something may happen. That's not necessarily for the good. A better idea, it, for you know, a good example would be if you have two people who are in a conversation. One of them is highly emotional. Rather than focus on the emotion of what that person is going through, they focus on what the content of the person is saying. It would be a much higher, more productive conversation. So that if I can just listen to the idea that the person is trying to communicate rather than the way that the person is trying to, the way the person is communicating or the emotions that they're expressing or feeling, that, that it would be much, more, in my mind, it would be much more productive conversation. So the, I, by, by focusing on ideas more than emotions, I think, 
or the well, it's really the energy maybe, what maybe, someone brings. Maybe I, maybe I can provide an example for Philippe. Thank Only you. maybe, maybe, maybe. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If it has enough words. If it has enough words. No, it was a real situation where we have so we we have a community home where people are coming in to live there as community in and out. It's brand new. It's like it's in the alpha stages of harmony. And we had a person who wanted to come into the house and we said, no problem. And then there was a lot of emotions and a lot of issues that started to arise. And the idea of harmony, the idea of peace in the house was, I just had, I made the decision. I remember I had to make a decision like specifically, it was up to me that moment on that situation to make a decision and it was based on the idea of peace and harmony that's better than what this person may feel right now. They they felt they were treated unfairly. They felt that they weren't being heard. But there was a larger idea of what's better for the collective, what's better for what's... what's and, and, and somebody even asked me, like, but isn't it's not fair? Why, you know, why didn't you stand up for that person? I said, because the idea really of having peace in the house was more important at that moment right now than trying to cater to to all of the emotions and feelings and, and yet that idea was tied to a feeling of peace and harmony uh, yes yes so and so you were driving yourself to that feeling and you're saying i i'm choosing i'm choosing peace and harmony and but not also to the exclusion of that person. But it wasn't specifically to, of my own peace of harmony. It was right. for the house. The collective peace and harmony, yeah. Right. Which translates, uh, ultimately translates to you as well. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Because, but, I, I see, I, but I'm saying I see that I really did, I see you guys having complimenting. I think they, com- in and a I sense, I he's saying, and I think you should they're complimenting it. each other. In a sense, they're, they're, they're compliments. And it's just like, you know, you've always talked about the wheel of life. You know, there's mind and heart at, at opposite ends and body and, and spirit as well. You know, and this, and this idea of that wheel, of that balance of, of things, it, it all, it, everything wants to come into harmony. So there's an, equal, there's an equal share. And the only thing is, is I'm, just, I'm just raising a flag at something that I think has been, has, has been overlooked. You know, especially even in this culture now, I mean, there's been a lot of, you can even say mental enlightenment, you know, even like the, you know, like I was at this, you know, you know, the Unifier Festival and, you know, there's a lot of mental enlightenment and everyone's got these new ideas and there's a lot of mental enlightenment that's breaking down the systems in society that, 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 that we feel that aren't working anymore. But now it's like we're bringing it into, exp- it's like literally trickling it into experience, you know, we're trickling it into. Yeah, yeah there is an overall feeling or uh, state of of peace because we can go in the way I and we're okay I'm sorry I was just excited you know I just know I just know it's because I'm living in that space we I think we all are really driven to maintain that that peace and harmony like like whenever there's a out of balance experience for someone it's like we want either personally or with someone else we want to we want to just go right back to that balance and it it takes work we have to break down because for example Israel and their neighbor really palestine to to so many people actually believe like at the core that israel is really protecting itself like they believe that it's this place where 
they go, no, 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 but we are really, really, really in danger. It's Israel should really, really protect itself. And so many people believe that. And the same thing on the other side. They believe that, no, they, they are, you know, it, it, that Israel is not allowing for, you know, peace and harmony on that side. And they are retaliating because nobody else is listening. And they're so focused on the individual, like, they're so focused on this almost idea, really, that they, they are threatened that the invitation for Israel and Palestine to really go beyond that, to go beyond all of it and realize that we're just, you know, a bunch of people living together. We, we, wanna, we, we all want the same thing. We really all want the same thing. So there is, there is a larger idea. It's based on feelings of love. Yep. But it, there, is, there, is, there is an evolution. There literally is a consciousness that has to grow because I know that I, if anybody, if somehow somebody would listen to this, uh, that's in the army, or that they actually would think that I'm out of my mind. They would actually believe that I am a utopian that has no clue, that it's really, 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 really dangerous. And people like me have said it before, but there is no hope and there's no chance because people will always try to kill someone else. And I really believe that I've been there. I actually understand that. I have also believed I used to be happy when I was a kid. I, I was happy during the Kuwait War. I was happy to see the numbers of dead on the other side. It made me happy. I would hear things like, we just got to bomb them. We just got to kill them. It was good. It was, I understood it on a very visceral level that killing was good. And yet, as life it teach, you know, as life has been teaching me, as I'm growing up and waking up, or waking up, growing up, I also know that that is such a childish behavior. Yep. yep. It really, really, yeah. really, yeah. really, I, really is. Yep. I remember, you know, I remember when there was that whole thing when they, when, when we went in and we, assa- we, we basically assassinated Osama bin Laden or, you know, and then there was, li- there was cheering in the streets in New York and I just, I just was perplexed at the idea that people are cheering at the death. I mean, I understand what he represents, and I understand in a conventional sense he represents the death of many, many people on our side, you know, on our team. But at the same time, I don't. I just don't feel like celebrating the the murder of a human being. Yeah, but that's an evolved, and I, I say evolved like in a non, in a very simple term. We have to really acknowledge it. So far from a lot of our, uh, the culture, what you're saying, it, it, it's, it's almost like it's unfathomable. Because I agree with you, but it's a new place. It really is a new place for humans to really pay attention and go, killing, killing anyone else, anyone else is really and truly killing ourselves. Yep. Now, it's true. We are all it, just because I have a mother and I have a father doesn't take me, it doesn't separate me from the rest of the world. Everybody has a mother and a father. We all come from the same source. That li- that, that place in, within us that wants to propagate and wants to live is one. That's a fact. And for as long as we live in a society or in a, a world where we believe that killing is a must, killing is a right, then it really reflects on the way we back to feelings <laughs> the way we feel about our own humanity the way mm-hmm. we feel about ourselves yep that we believe that we still live in a place and look i i, I live 
I have family that really believes it. And I also know that deep, 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 deep down inside, uh, probably everyone, unless there is like such hardening that it's impossible to reach, everyone believes that the killing doesn't have to happen. I think, I think that's really, the, to me, I see simple answers to things. You know, like just simple answers. You know, like, um, <laughs> like, we just don't have to kill each other. I mean, it's like if we all collectively just, if we collectively had held that idea as a prime idea that we don't have to kill each other, like, yeah. it's like, what? It could be that simple? Too many egos. And we gotta, we, we, we're going, but before we go, because it's important. If we don't all, I, I don't know if we all have to do it, but just, in, you know, our leaders. We need leaders to speak about it more. Mm. I was just in Israel, and I don't know if they don't get enough voice or they don't have enough space, but everybody's talking about protection or everybody talking, you know, there's very few people that are actually speaking about just being the bigger brother, just being... And, and, and just ending this, this cycle of violence. We, we really can. Did you ever see that movie, The Fast Runner? Was it The Fast Runner? I'll tell you when we come back. Okay. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too. Balance my chemistry. Hydrate these cells because the body talks and meditation helps. The body talks and meditation helps. Oh, 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 oh. Seeing the beauty and simplicity of life. Th- let's just uh, let's just say let's just take it back to basics. It, th- this was a dangerous existence for most of our history. Mm. It was. It was dangerous. We are living in a very special time where we have made a society where we actually have the, the luxury and privilege to have space. Yes, we, it's not available for everyone, and perhaps it's only uh, 0.5 of 1% of the population that actually can spend a few hours a day not working or not worrying or not thinking or not ignoring everything and just not having big visions and big dreams, but just being very happy with what they have. But this idea of creating and, be, and having vision, having space, the space to contemplate, the, this whole idea of meditation and mindfulness and presence, for us to, to, to not realize how much of a privilege and a luxury that is in, in, huma- in the scale of humanity, for, for people to just sit and contemplate, like this, this wasn't available, this, this was not a real thing. It was a real thing only if you were a king or... Or a monk. Or a monk, right. So let's let's really take it back and realize that we we are growing up just to realize that we're creating new structures and new systems that enable us to have more space, that enable us to learn and grow, and we must. We must have compassion, like not like pity, like, oh, those leaders are not involved. No, no, no. This, this is this is all us. If I have the luxury of sitting here and talking to people on the radio and internet radio and have great friends and colleagues and amazing like wizards and shamans and coworkers and just I'll just keep saying friends being right here tonight with me. What? This is 
this is this is the beauty and magic of humanity evolving live and to really go from the realm uh, to, t- to take it back from the realm of self you know not being selfish and realizing that all i think we can really 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 do is be kind and compassionate to the people around us and propagate and generate feelings and ideas that are inclusive really like you said Edmund, it's the simple ideas. The simple ideas is inclusivity works. It is more more likely to survive now in this culture when you're not harboring and hiding. But 50 years ago, I mean, when did the Industrial Revolution really begin? It was during war times. They needed to start canning food. So it we needed to save food because... Who knows what tomorrow will bring? And now we are coming to a new age where we have to learn how to farm again. We have to learn how to grow our own food again. But it all reflects on our own uh, reclaiming of our, of, our, of our own humanity. Person by person, one day at a time. Like, for real. And if you're not meditating and you're not taking time for yourself, this is not... It's not something you should beat yourself up for. It's just, we just need the practice and the permission and the support and the methodologies and different ways. There's so many different ways to cultivate presence and to contemplate and to observe your own thoughts and to examine which idea is better than the next. I think that anybody that already is listening to this, anybody that's already in any kind of work that has the goal and the intention of harmony and self-sustaining when it comes to the universe, when it comes to the earth we can just give ourselves a break like a real, real break and, and, and be kind and gentle and not having to just try to fix and rush and definitely, God forbid and I don't even know why I say God forbid it's in my essence but heaven forbid or (laughs) 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 whatever it is I want to take it out of my vocabulary starting now (laughs) Uh, for real that we we somehow start to feel superior once again we start to feel like we know something that they don't we are blessed and privileged and lucky as far as cosmic coincidences that we are the ones that have the courage, the inspiration, the chutzpah, and the space to even talk about good things and to even have the vision for a better world. And for all of the times that we don't and we are selfish and envious and resentful, that's fine. It really, 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 really is fine. It's the fact that we have a glimpse, a glimpse, a mere glimpse of what's possible. That's all of the validation and all of the motivation and the credibility you know if you're looking for your credibility if you're looking for your methodology just drop it your intention your ideas your good ideas alone can be a a foundation now where you go from here that's how this show is evolving it does take support it does take action and I really want to thank you Nicole I really do for for, for 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 taking a risk, for taking a risk and coming on the show. 
You, have, you said yes to something you don't know. Mm-hmm. What you said to, I know. And you're going to go home and you're going to second guess a lot of things. <laughs> you'll be like, what did I do? I didn't talk much. I didn't do this. No, I no, no. I, I'm, I'm aware of that now, okay. like more so. And it's like, no, it just, it is what, it, no. Okay, good. I mean, I, I was, I, I know what you're saying. I was, but then I was thinking, no, it's just, it is what it is. And it's, yeah, it wasn't. And let's be examples of what practice looks like. Mm. Like, and I'm not saying practice towards a, sp- a perfection, right. but the awkward stage, mm-hmm. the awkward stage, the adolescence, the being, the, we are teenagers in consciousness. You know, we're, we're learning what our power is. We're learning what this life force really is. We're learning our potential. And we are okay with just being in this. Let's be examples of fumbling and failing. And most important, Let's not complain. Right, Philippe? That's what we talked about? Yeah. Because what was that rabbi told you? Yeah. yeah you spoke to a rabbi? Yeah, and uh, very interesting. Some of my great epiphanies have come from my conversations with rabbis, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but great ideas, you know, great ideas. One thing that I find about Judaic scholars and rabbinical scholars is that they sp- spend a lot of time in deep thought. And they really think and consider these, you know, human behavior and... And these texts very, very deeply. It's very profound for me, um, which is where you know where I, I came up with this concept of you're s- you know stuck where you're selfish because of my mm-hmm. conversation with a. I with like a rabbi. that. It's, it's actually it's actually uh, been inspiring for me. So I appreciate you. Well, it, it was someone something that I you know learned from from someone who you know just <coughs> tossed it to me, and it's really powerful. It has mm-hmm. been for me. Mm-hmm. But in terms of uh, complaining, he said that the that. Uh, the energy that's required to manifest something in your life immediately stops when you start complaining. So as soon as you start to complain, then you've ended the the work. You've basically stepped off the train and you know, the, you know, your, the, the forward momentum ceases. And so whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is you're trying to manifest will slow down or, you know, Edmund, uh, you have one minute left, and I want to honor you. You have something oh, to share. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it's just sharing my perspective um, more of the on the feeling side. Um, um, when I heard that you t- that you've you know basically agreed and volunteered yourself to to you wanted to make the show better, I just had a really good feeling about it. Like I just had a really good sense of your capacity. And then I heard some this and that's that you do, but that was less important to me than just how I felt about your presence on the show and the magic that he's creating and drawing people in. And, you know, Philippe, um, just, it's so much fun to have you around. It just really is a lot of fun to have you around. It just put me in a really good mood. And so it just, just, I I just really, I just have so much fun, you know, you know, when we're together like this. So that's, thank you. Coming soon. Trigger Factory. Yeah, Trigger Factory.